0: Our fight to eradicate corruption, maladministration, unethical leaders, and the abuse of taxpayers' money by those in power continues. It's fresh, it's fearless, and focused. The Outer Hour, where your voice matters. Hello and welcome to The Outer Hour. I'm Tom London, your Outer Hour host, and tonight a packed show full of team members, some of my favorite people and yours on screen tonight. So what are we discussing? We'll be talking about this proposed vax tax. Are you, our South Africans, prepared to cough up a bit extra to pay for the 20 billion rand or so that it's going to cost to have two-thirds of this country vaccinated? Or is that just an outrageous proposal? We'll find out what Outer has to say about that when we chat with Wayne Divinage, the CEO of Outer. Joining us this evening is Mrs. Nuclear, back on the show, Liz McDade, to tell us about the latest When it comes to nuclear deals, why are we still talking about nuclear deals in 2020 when a year ago government said there were no plans for nuclear power in South Africa? What's changed? What's happening? Liz will give us the details. And then... Public protector and perjury charges don't normally go hand-in-hand, but Stefani Fick, Head of Accountability at Outer, will take us through the public protector and perjury story. We'll also get an update on the Dudu Miani matter. Let's say hello, shall we, to the team, though, and let's start with Wayne Duvenage, the CEO
1: of Outer. Hello, Wayne. How are you? Very well, Tom. We had a good board meeting today, as we do every quarter. Um, Gee, you know... This year seems so old already, uh, and it's just the three weeks uh, into the into the year, working weeks. So it's been it's been a hectic start, but I think I speak on everyone's behalf. Uh, every year starts out a lot faster, but so the energy is high. There's so much happening. There's under commissions, very interesting this week with uh, Dr. Sidney Mafumadi's input on the State Security Agency. We're watching things developing there. Uh, the vaccine issue. Uh, uh, there's so much happening. Our uh, executive uh, team and and everybody else on the projects is extremely. Wayne,
0: what team. are your Does comments? Hear a bit
1: more about that.
0: Yeah, what are your comments uh, regarding mm-hmm. the testimony we've heard at the Zondo Commission today? We're starting to hear crazy numbers. I think uh, Judge Zondo was even surprised at the 125 million rand that went into what seems to be nefarious activities, and then came the bombshell that 9 billion Rand's
1: worth of assets have simply disappeared. Well, firstly, it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking that uh, that an agency like this, an entity within the state, um, can be hijacked to this extent. But you see, the ability to drew, draw cash and move cash under the guise of of uh, leading funds to, to 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 manage the the various affairs and the affairs that don't want to be um, caught in the cash flows of bank statements and. Uh, So everything, a lot of work is done uh, in cash, but you can see the auditor general extremely concerned, uh, uh, just couldn't make head or tail of of what was happening. So are we surprised? I don't think so. We're shocked. Absolutely. We must be. We can never become complacent about this stuff. But this is just one of many departments, but the plundering that took place and the restructuring of the state security agency uh, from the NIA and the SS, uh, it was just... If the mind boggles, but yeah, clearly Jacob Zuma's fingers in that till very, very deep. In fact, his whole arm was in it. His arm.
0: Let <laughs> me give you a glimpse of who else is on the show tonight. I did say that Liz McDade and Stefani Fick will be on board. There they are on your screen now. The outer team is standing by, ready to take your comments and your questions. Now. The number one issue in South Africa today, it should be corruption, we know that. Uh, <laughs> but we've, been, we've had this temporary speed bump in South Africa called COVID-19, and it has affected everything. It has affected our da- way of lives, it has affected the way we do business, it is closing businesses down left, right and center. And the last figure I saw was 600,000 or so jobs lost due to the lockdown and the economic pressure that's been put on this economy by COVID 19 and the lockdown. Now, More and more people, although it's a contentious issue and some people are still questioning whether a vaccine is the be-all and end-all when it comes to sorting the situation out, but more and more people are starting to accept around the world and in South Africa that without some sort of vaccination program, without some sort of effort when it comes to vaccines, we will be living with COVID-19 and its effects for a long time. So even if you agree that vaccines are a good thing, even if you reluctantly agree that, yes, I'll go. Vaccine, the number one question that remains is where does the money come from? Government recently put forward a suggestion that it may need to raise taxes to cover the expected 20 billion rand required for the COVID-19 vaccine. Possible. Let's ask Wayne. You
1: know, uh, Tom. Um, so, so firstly, I think, I think Arthur's position is that, is that the vaccine, we need to deal with it. We need to get it here. Um, yes, there is some anti-vax, uh, um, entities, parties and people and views out there. So, but we're not going to debate that tonight. What we're debating is, is that this is the one area that will, that will help deal with this uh, pandemic, um, as well as, you know, the need to, uh, free up um, other areas, ivermectin, and, and 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 other discussions that are going on. So yes, how do you fund this vaccine? Well, you certainly don't try and raise taxes while you're bailing out uh, SAA to the tune of almost the same amount. They say 10.5 billion. It's it's getting to 20 billion now. That airline cannot receive the funds. In fact, it's quite interesting to see today today with the IMF recommendations and their press statement. That the state has to uh, uh, deal with the larger fiscal deficits and stop bailing out uh, inefficient SOEs. So I think we're talking the same language. Uh, and and to try and tax an overtaxed society uh, with a tax base that is diminishing, uh, a tax base that is already finding every way it can to circumvent paying tax, uh, it's not going to work. Uh, we say to the state, you have to look at yourselves. You have to look. At the feet, at, at your feet, all the waste is. You've got to deal uh, with funding this vaccine uh, by dealing with uh, overpriced uh, wage bill, uh, the, the headcount, uh, all the waste that takes place, um, purchasing of vehicles, uh, the S.O.E.s that are, are, are wasteful in the organi- in, in the country, uh, and just do as much as you can to re- repatriate and go and fetch the funds offshore that that are there for the taking by by on the way, on the, on, the, on the trains matter, the transit matter, HSBC. Uh, the list is long. So, you know, the state just tends to have this knee-jerk reaction, oh, well, we need more money, we're going to tax uh, the, the people. And that message has been passed on loud and clear to the authorities. So we're not going to stand by and allow this absolute abuse. You have to start tightening your belts. You cannot have government sitting at home on a paid holiday now, most of them are operating from home full uh-huh. salaries and not deal with your bloated size, with your your increases. Look, we're glad that government is taking a view and a hard stance on not allowing the unions to push them, but there's going to be a big fight on these salary increases. But we will not tolerate bailouts of, of SA's and the like uh, while you need this 20 billion rand. And the other question is, why 20 billion rand? And if you talk to Professor van der Hefe and others, who've done some really good work in this space, they are questioning, like we've questioned so many many of the expenditures in this country, why are we paying double what we should be paying? And that starts to give rise to uh, a smell of corruption. Is government overpaying deliberately? Are they just grossly inefficient? What are they doing to get the price, the same price? I mean, we're a developing country, a poorer country compared to europe and why are we allowing? why are we just rolling over and allowing them to charge us double the price of what they give it to uh europe and i know we johnny come late he's again why is that um and uh, and and the other countries might have been involved in the, in the in the development of the vaccine well yeah, so have we and and tests have been done here and and hey you know we need to stop this nationalizing and overstocking in certain countries uh and deal with the pandemic on an international basis not uh, in, in a country by country basis, because while there are some countries with COVID, the world still suffers. We have to do this collectively, and our government is really just messing things up. But increasing taxes is taboo, and we are we will we will challenge that. There you heard it from
0: CEO of Outer, Wayne Duvenage. If you've just joined us, welcome to the Outer Hour. Say no to VaxTax is the hashtag that Outer is running at the moment. And we're getting Wayne and Outer's opinion on where the money should come from to fund the $20 billion or so that government said is needed to purchase vaccines for South Africa. I'll get to your comments in a moment, which gives you some time to put any questions you want to ask and put to Wayne or the Outer team. Just pop them in the comment section down below the video and uh, I'll put them across to Wayne. And if you've got any comments when it comes to vax tax, if you've got any questions when it comes to expenditure, when it comes to buying vaccines, pop them in the comment section. You've got a minute or two to do that and I'll I'll read a couple out. We'll also say Join us every Wednesday for the live show at 7 p.m. We'll see who's on board. So if this is your first time, write something in the comment section and say, hi, guys, first time, and we'll give you a shout out and a big wave from the outer team. Wayne, uh, so is that a firm position uh, when it comes to uh, a VAX tax? You you won't
1: be swayed at all? No, absolutely. Uh, Fix the waste, find the money in other areas, uh, before you start increasing taxes. You, uh, you, so, so it's a strong position. Obviously, we can't demand and force government. I think they've also spoken about borrowing more. Well, we overborrowed. And again, the IMF statement today was you cannot continue to increase this uh, fiscal deficit that you've got. So, uh, you know, what saddens us is that the state it has an opportunity here to send a clear message to its citizens saying we are taking waste corruption, and overexpenditure seriously. This is what we're going to do to find the money. Uh, And yet they seem to be lacking in that department of creative ways of involving the uh, citizens uh, in finding these uh, ways. So we have to remind them, and that message is getting across uh, clearly. So we'll stick to that. Uh, And as you know, we have a firm position on if SAA uh, is bailed out, uh, that we will launch a concerted uh, and very uh, highly effective uh, um, uh, uh, you know, effort to to boycott SAA. Uh, and and I think you know, that airline is not going to get off the ground. But still, it's just mm. a waste of money there. So, yeah, the, the vaccine mustn't be financed through tax increases. Some of
0: the suggestions you've made include, let's start with the first one, reduce the bloated size of government and cut above CPI salaries. What could be cut out of government, the, the the fat? What well, could be true?
1: departments. There's departments that need to merge. They've spoken about it. They did a half-hearted attempt a a while ago. Uh, We have uh, one of the biggest cabinets uh, in the world, when you look at how many departments we've got. The size of our budget that is spent on the salary bill as a ratio to the total tax collected is one of the highest in the world. Uh, We have these CPI-plus increases year on and year out. We have bonuses paid for a state, uh, and, and government, both at local and national level, that are performing way below where they should be. There are, should be no bonuses, no vehicles, no new cars, no new furniture and houses purchased, nothing. Stop all the expenditure in, in that space. that's unnecessary. Cut down on the blue light brigades. Cut down on, on anything that is not essential, uh, and you will find very quickly that you'll get 10 billion rand without even trying, uh, and probably 20. So that's the start, and, and don't if you don't demonstrate you're serious about that uh, then you are just widening the gap between citizen trust and the state and it has one of the lowest trust deficits uh, in the world uh, or the biggest trust deficits in the world
0: wayne you also mentioned stop purchasing vehicles and other assets for political office bearers you'd expect the minister of finance to have clamped down on this already what is the situation
1: well you know i think i think Tito is trying hard. We, we, we must give some credit to Tito. Uh, he has, uh, he has uh, suggested that they do go to zero-based budgeting. We support that, uh, that we cut out uh, all these consultant expenses, uh, become more prudent in our spending. So, so he, he, he says the right things. He's fighting in court to not allow salary increases. So I think these are good things. Um, and, and he must demonstrate that he gets a lot of that right. But deal with all the other stuff that we've spoken about. They don't come to us as we say, and uh, you know, say, "Well, we're going to have to increase taxes to pay for
0: this vaccine." I was quite surprised. In fact, I'm going to ask the I'm going to ask two questions as you watch the program this evening. One, what it, what do you think about an increase uh, when it comes to tax, whatever the, wherever the increase may be? Are you for or against a vax tax? Just pop that in the comments section down below. And then I wanted to ask you if you knew, because I had no idea until I saw the number. How many SOEs do you think we have in South Africa? What do you think the number is? How many SOEs do we have in South Africa? Just give me a rough estimate and we'll pop some of the, the questions and comments up on screen. Now, without giving the number, Wayne, tell us about SOEs uh, and SOEs that are running at a cost and are unnecessary.
1: Well, if you look at the list and these uh, many SOEs have sub uh, SOEs, sub- Divisions, uh, you know. Government has gone over the last two decades on a on a on a expansion spree. Now, It's pros and cons. The state, when it does spend in infrastructure through state-owned entities, uh, that add to the value of the country uh, and create jobs and then create a rotation of, of 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 money and more taxes come from that. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you take the eye off the ball. Uh, on, on the need for some of these state-owned entities, the costs involved, uh, the losses that are made, the bailouts that happen. We've got it wrong. We've got it wrong on many, many fronts in this country. And uh, we've, uh, we, we say to government, it is time to take stock of all these SOEs. Are they necessary? Which ones are critical? I mean, Eskom is critical, even though it is in a, an absolute mess, and Liz can tell you a lot about that. But uh, we don't need... Uh, many of these, and most of them, are, are loss-making and, and, and require bailouts, and, and that must stop.
0: All right, let's go to the comments section and see who's on board with us this evening and what you've got to say about a VAX tax. Uh, first on board tonight was Kara Rack. How's it, Kara? Good to have you on board with us. Yay, you are back. Well, yay, you're back with us. Nice to have you with us. Thank you for joining us. Sharon Brin says, another, uh, again, a brilliant show. We try our best for you, Sharon. Thank you for joining us. Good to see your name on the screen. Leonard van der a uh, regular viewer of Outer Hour, is on board. Leonard says, hello, everybody. Helmut Dawson wants to know, when is government going to reduce the VAT rate back to 14% as they promised? The 1% increase of only a temporary nature. Do you think uh, there's much chance of that, Wayne? Uh,
1: No, not for a very long time. Remember, VAT was, uh, I think, at 10 and 12, and it just increases over time. And it's very difficult to reverse that unless you get into a cash plus cash uh, positive uh, situation. Our government is not going to get there for a very long time, not with the deficits we have. Uh, so, yes, they will promise when they push it up, look, we have to do this for the short term and we'll see if we can reduce it. Well, the reality is it never comes down. And uh, you know, I've got a funny feeling that there's going to be another percent or two, uh, certainly not before the elections, and maybe not this year, but out of desperation next year. It's the last thing. It's the worst thing they can do. But we are in a mess and a hole that's so deep now, they're gonna get desperate.
0: I saw uh, leading economists uh, quoted in the newspapers today, quoted as saying that uh, any further tax increases are going to be disastrous for a struggling economy. Let's hope that government uh, takes heed of, of those comments. Mm-hmm. Stefani Fix says, how's it, everybody? Not only will she be on your screen, she's also in the comments section ready to engage and chat with you. That's not get engaged with you. Huh? That's engage mm-hmm. with you. Now, Jeff P. Scott says, evening, Tom and Alta, Hello, Jeff. Good to have you with us. John Oscar says, hi, all. Take care. Be safe. My best hour of the week. Ditto, John. Nice to have you on board. Heinz Brunner says, good evening, all. Hi, Heinz. Nice to have you with us. Alan Walman says, I read that. Deputy President Didi Mabuza is charged to manage the vaccine rollout. Does this mean more money for the ANC to milk more cash? Is that a concern of yours, Wayne?
1: look um if the ppe matters anything to go by uh this is what we believe is going to happen the the rollout is going to have uh serious um, problems from storage to distribution to management uh there there's going to be losses are going to be corruption without a doubt if there isn't we'd be extremely surprised and pleasantly surprised and we're very happy uh to be proven wrong um and you know, you've got to be careful. You don't want to be a doomsayer, and uh, but just the track record suggests. And then you go and put somebody like David Mabuza in charge. Well, you know, just I think I said last week, read the book "Credit to Politics" by Ariana Rousseau. David Mabuza is very, very weak. He's he's not fit for that role. So it's very interesting uh, to see him head up into ministerial committee. Kora says, "Nant
0: Mensa, wat steel ons van uh, we're just taking your time, Quibus. That's it. Uh, Michael John Billsbury says, Hi, Outer Team. Hilda Mayer is on board. Hilda says, Hi, Outer Team. Hi, Hilda. Good to have you with us. Rudy Heineker. there's a familiar name uh, to the and face to the Outer Show. Rudy's on board. You can chat to Rudy in the comment section. Comment section tonight being moderated by Ivor Cleary. This show's put together by our producer, Banel Senatler. Lucas Haman says, Hi, Wayne. And ladies... Uh, see, the ladies are getting a mention now. Stefani Fix says, How's it, Mr. State Capture? Oh, she must be saying hello to Rudy. So, everyone's saying hello to each other in the comment section. You can see Rudy's supply. Altate Lacquer, apparently. Well, that's because he lives in a nice part of the world. Kourbis Swanapool says, Funding by stealing. Larissa Hollis says, Bitcoin. That might be a joke. Uh, Kara Rack says, who are we borrowing all this money from? And that's a very good question because one of the proposals put forward by government was that we widen the deficit by borrowing money. But Wayne has already spoken about the IMF saying, listen, you can't keep doing that. So where do we borrow the the
1: money from, Wayne? Where do we get it from? From whoever is going to be bold enough to take some risk um but it's world banks it's imf it's uh, funding houses uh but i think there's a, le- a lot uh, more reluctance to to do that with south africa uh, right now um so yeah the question is who will give them money because they're gonna have to mm. take big risks.
0: all right we run through the comments uh try and get to as many as i can judy from hillspeak says good evening all Uh, Koba Swanapool believes that government is just preparing to steal when we start talking about uh, numbers like 20 billion. Um, Just look at Clive Graham Beckett says, Well said, sir. And that couldn't have been something I said, it must have been something Wayne said. Good to see your name on the screen, Clive. It's good to have you back. Um, Keith Sorensen says, tell Treasury the operative word is not minimise; it is eradicate possible corruption in COVID vax procurement. Heinz Brunner says, totally agree, Wayne, it makes me sick just thinking about this. Kruber Swanapool says, a tax withhold is the only way. Fernando Martins de Silva says, thanks for your good work, gentlemen. Good to have you on board, Fernando. Thank you for joining us. Teresa Meadows says, first time. I wish we had a song to play for you, Teresa, but we don't. We've just got a hello. Let me give you the whole team saying hello to you for your first time. Here we go. Uh, if everyone could wave. There we go. <laughs> Teresa, uh, Med- Medhurst's first time. There you get a wave from everyone. Who else is, uh, is it a first time this season? And a heart, Oh, uh, And a heart, yeah. Okay, hit the heart button. Um, okay. Andrew Boerter says, keep up the great work. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, Leonard van der Leidharden says, in Spain the vaccine costs 46 rand. We've got Gregory Schubert, first time. Hello, Gregory, away from me. Hope it's going to be first of many. Welcome to the Outer Hour family. Nice to have you on board. Uh, Eleanor Grace says, amazing that this government has not uh, implemented a sex tax yet. (laughs) <laughs> okay, ah. Koba Swanepoel says even if SIA does not ever fly again, the ANC will use it as a vehicle to steal money. Judy van, van Gilspeke says if you belong to a medical aid, you are already paying more for the vaccine. Now you must go pay more tax. No. Yeah. Um, Koba Swanepoel believes that the finance minister is just a puppet. Uh, John Oscar says 40, 40, 43 million paid to sanitize, sanitize schools. I think there was 430 million reading the reports today. Panyaza Lusufi saying he was unaware of it. MEC Lusufi saying I didn't see that. Now we have a situation in Gauteng where MECs have been dismissed for not seeing large amounts of money that have been misappropriated or spent without their knowledge. What will happen to MEC Lusufi? Robin Lemon says, 11 U.S. dollars paid by my medical aid. So we're getting all sorts of prices on what a possible vaccine shot costs. Let's talk about the vax tax. Kuber says, no vax tax. Hilda Mayer is against it. John Oscar's is against it. Uh, Desmond Van Breda says, we want a decre- decrease in tax. Helen Duvenage says, against Gregory Schubert says, against. I'm trying to find someone that's for a vax tax here, yeah, but I don't think I'm going to see it. It's a purchase says, definitely no vaccine tax. Mornay Fundamava says, against the vaccine uh, tax. Ernest Kahn says, SAA is dead thanks to the looting by Dudu Miani. Patty Rindle says, definitely against. I'm a widow and I'm still paying huge tax on the money we save for our old age. You just see that people are, are stretched, Wayne. I mean, I don't know whether South Africans can find another rand for living expenses, let alone a tax.
1: Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. But I'm keen to get uh, input from Liz and Stefani as well on this. Um, all right. Well, let's let's
0: ask uh, let's ask Stefanie, and then we'll ask Liz. Stefani, your uh, your your feelings on a Vax tax?
2: Oh well, it is. I think I how uh, in how many languages can we say yeah. no? You know, ain't going to work. Um, I, I really, really think. You know, I think as a as, as a country, if you need to raise something like like that, in order to you know, cre- created better South Africa for South Africans. I think that's a totally different, um, different point. But to raise that, because what we've seen is a total, um, you know, just wasteful expenditure. And um, you know, let's go after. And, and let's put plugs in in, in in you know where money is where we're bleeding money. So that, you know, let's fix the problems first before. Throwing another VAT increase of the problems, so I really think that um, again, no, and 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 let's rather try and get the corrupt um, out of government. Let the good people in government start um, governing, and you know let's start um, um, eradicating um, corruption. And I am sure, sure that we will find that there is um, you know more money to go around. Corruption has got a humongous impact on Mm. each and every one of us. And if we can stop that, if we can stop half of the corruption that's happening, I think the lives of 99% of South Africans will be better.
0: So no. <laughs> All right, we'll ask you know. Liz McDade in just a moment, but I see I have to say hello to someone in Boxburg, and I quite like this. It's got a nice ring to it. Basil in Boxburg says, hi, team, <coughs> from Basil. Hello, Basil in Boxburg. Good to have you on board with us. What does Mrs. Nuclear have to say? Liz McDade, are you ready to pay a VAX tax? Um, you know, it's quite interesting, but I'm thinking of it like a huge
3: bucket with holes in. And if you don't plug those holes, there is absolutely no point pouring more water into the bucket, because you're not gonna get any value to it. So, you know, you're gonna try and take that bucket of water somewhere where you need to water something, and by the time you get there, there's no water. So if you don't plug the holes, you don't get there. The good news is, as I'll explain a bit later, there's lots of money, um, and where we can get it, very simple.
0: All right, we'll get to nuclear in just a moment. Wayne Dennis Cooper asks, "Will pension funds be forced by legislation to support government projects, and, and, and by implication, uh, Vax tax?"
1: This this topic comes up very often. Uh, we are, are looking at it as a potential matter to 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 to, to challenge, um, but. It hasn't. Nothing has been promulgated, uh, and and we don't believe that that the pension funds and society will allow that to happen. It would be a desperate a move. Um, It's it's going down the road of Greece, and I think we are also there in many respects. We have to use every avenue to just get the country out of the hole. Uh, it would be the last resort. Very desperate and and not a popular one.
0: Now, a little earlier on, I asked you how many SOEs you thought we had in this country. Uh, You know, if I hadn't have seen the number, I would have said, you know, 20 or 30. In fact, it's more than 300. I had no idea that there were so many SOEs in South Africa and so many struggling and uh, difficulty in holding them to account. Wayne, 300 sounds like a crazy number.
1: Yeah, and you know, each one of them has a board. Each one of them has administration. Uh, it's just the cost of running these SOEs, and many of them have got sub-businesses um, and structures that friends and family are involved in, uh, doing the tendering away, doing the catering and the guarding services and the, everything that you can think of. People are eating out of this parlor. Like you cannot believe uh, it, is, it is grossly inefficient. And you know when business... When government gets into the business of business and they don't know how to compete, they don't know how to be efficient, they're not agile. Uh, and do and we wonder why they make uh, so many losses. Uh, so, yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, somebody's, you know, Tito has to do something about this. And I think this dire situation we're in uh, opens the door for, for, for that uh, hard look.
0: How do we as ordinary South Africans stay positive when, as you say, we're in a dire situation?
1: How do, how, do well, we look, how do we look towards the future? Uh, yeah, you know, Tom, and that's the difficulty. Uh, and the reality is, you know, you're not human if you don't get frustrated. Um, but you've got to be very, very careful uh, not to give up hope. Uh, and when you do, well, then it's sad. Um, so, so we've got to keep focusing on what we can do collectively. Civil society needs to get stronger, and we are. Um, Government is on the back foot a lot more than what they were in the past. So our message always is the problems have to be seen as solutions or opportunities to fix them, and we've got a lot of work to do. We're never going to get to everything, but we must never give up uh, and and, and never lose hope. So frustration is a reality, but do not become depressed about this. Do not give up. We've We've got to fix this country, and that's what answers role and other civil society entities role is all about.
0: Donnie Deval says, I've had my second dose of Pfizer for free because the Saudi government, where I am now, did not allow anyone to steal the funds. And I think Stefani was on it quickly or out uh, was so to ask for any possible side effects. So we're all waiting for your answer in the comment section, Donnie. Thank you for letting us know for free over in uh, Saudi Arabia. Okay, let's change gears, shall we, and move on to the issue of nuclear. You'll know, if you have been following the show for some time, that from time to time, nuclear energy, nuclear power comes up in the discussion. Now, a year ago or so, we saw that plans for nuclear energy had fallen away, or seemingly fallen away. However, we're hearing the word nuclear again. Now, Outer will be making a submission to Nursa contesting government's plan for nuclear energy. First question I've got for Liz McDade, Outer's parliamentary advisor, and nobody knows more about nuclear than Liz, why are we here again Liz, why are we even talking about nuclear energy, nuclear power, when a year or so ago it was off the table? What can South Africans learn from this? Is it back on the table? Is somebody wanting to push nuclear back into the energy mix?
3: I want to start with sort of um, saying something about government. And I think we need to also acknowledge that within government, there are people who are trying to do their jobs and other people who are trying to prevent them and steal the money. So it's always useful to see where are our friends and where are people trying to help. But before I even get there, because there's been a lot of misinformation around, and one of it is about the fact that we need nuclear because otherwise the lights will go off. and that the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine. So I, I've created a little thing here, which I hope you can see.
0: Yes, we can. Called power system. Which,
3: and I'm just wanting to show you, if the power system has to have so much electricity, in this case it's going to be water because there's nothing else for sale, um, we would then, you whether we use sun energy or whether we use you know, wind energy or whatever we use, whatever we're pouring into the into the, our energy bucket power system, as long as we've got enough in it, we can run the system. So if something happens to one power station, you just look for the next one and you add power when you need it. And that was just to explain, so it's not about we need a power station that runs 24 hours a day, we just need to know that within the system there are enough power stations coming on and off that we have power 24 hours a day and a a colleague of mine put it this way he said trying to say that you need a power station that runs 24 hours a day is like saying that in a factory that runs 24 hours a day every worker has to work 24 hours a day Um, uh, and and that's just silly So, so we have the system it's working and the nice thing is That government has come up and used a methodology, which other people also use, um, to say, this is how we work it out. We look at the cost, we look at all this, and we get a plan. And originally, that plan in 2010 was called RRP 2010. And one of the things that were looked at there was, because that model is trying to find the cheapest electricity for us. Mm -hmm. And that model said the cheapest electricity doesn't include nuclear. But nuclear was forced in. Nuclear deal, a lot of water under the bridge. Nuclear deal court case, end of nuclear deal. So we thought we can all relax. 2019, a new electricity plan comes out. And that electricity plan says up until 2030, we don't need any nuclear. After 2030, we don't know, Um, and we have to do some homework. And it's written all over that document. Don't make long-term commitments because we don't know. We need to do an energy study because we don't know. So, I mean, I think it's 98 pages, and what it clearly says is once we start projecting into the future, we're not sure. Um, The cost of renewables comes down and down and down. cost of nuclear goes up. How do we know what's going to happen? So the question then becomes, nuclear power stations take an awful long time to build, minimum 10 years. If we're going to do that, should we start now? So now what we are seeing is somebody without, as far as we can see, doing any homework, has decided we should start now um and that's what we are facing right now but now now we get into some more exciting um well i don't know sort of agatha christine it's just kind of like
0: Uh-oh. what's been happening okay.
3: behind the scenes.
0: <laughs> uh, are you, uh, have government or cabinet not been entirely forthcoming with us
3: well you see now we mentioned the Zondo Commission. Now, the Zondo Commission, we might have just thought, okay, lots comes out of the woodwork, but what can we do with it? So, one of the things that came out of the woodwork was a cabinet minute that was then declassified um, and put into the Zondo Commission. And that cabinet minute was a presentation on why we should be building nuclear. Mm-hmm. And that included using the wrong exchange rate underestimating the cost per unit to build and so therefore presenting to cabinet the wrong number if I want to make it in a short thing. So instead of saying that it would cost well and what they said was it's going to cost about 125 billion. It sounds a lot of number but you know that was their their big number. In actual fact if you do the proper calculations with the with the proper exchange rate, you get a number of 380 billion.
1: Well, it's if they in So the time. question mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm.
3: And, and also what they simply said was, okay, overnight capital costs, we, we won't worry about the, the the finance costs. Remember it's over 10 years, so it's a lot of finance costs. Things can go wrong. Look at Madupin Kusile, you know, big projects. So, so by underestimating the costs, they made it sound like it sound not, a not a bad deal but now more comes out of that cabinet mm-hmm. minutes it said that okay they also understand that it is, a big cost. it is a big cost and so how do we how do we try and spread the cost and one of the suggestions was that people electricity consumers should be asked to pay up front so your electricity price would go up for you to pay for a nuclear power station which may or may not built in your lifetime um, and for which when it is built your electricity costs are going to go up so this so so what we are sitting here thinking is so that was a cabinet meeting presentation that was done to try and justify the big build which was overthrown but one of the questions, one of the suggestions in that in that presentation was don't build 9,600 megawatts, just build 2,400. 2,400 is very similar to 2,500, which is on the table now. So what we are wondering is what numbers were presented to cabinet in July, August 2020, that made cabinet go, oh, yeah, not a bad idea, let's start. The other little little um, uh, thing we should watch for is that when the IRP 2019, and you, know, you may remember this, it was published and then it was taken away and published again, and everyone said, oh, print. So one of the things that was different is the first one said, immediately start building nuclear power plant. The second one said immediately start the preparations. The preparations when you look at it is to do the costing, to do the homework, not to to rush off and do the determination. So we, I believe, are being led down the garden path again. It's history repeating itself. And we should be very vigilant and stand up now.
0: Well, you've spotted something, Liz. What is uh, Arthur saying about this?
3: Yes, well, so you, you asked me, well you, well, you were asking, where do we get the money for vaccines? So what, what Auto is saying is if you don't do nuclear, and we're talking about post-2040, 2030, if you don't do that. Now, now the the... The IRP clearly states that in the long term, the best way forward is to use renewables. But if you don't do nuclear, you save, I think at the moment, about 330 billion rand. So there are some numbers Mm. that we can start Mm. looking at. as If we are moving on a process that says, no, no, no. We can afford nuclear, but we can't afford vaccines. I'm sorry. Um, but if we look at this this nuclear price tag, and remember, that's all government-backed or state in partnership, special-purpose vehicles, all of those things. Um, whereas when we do the renewables, there's a lot of people in the private sector who seem very willing to come and invest. So... We, we know what we're going to buy rather than buying something that doubles in price over, over time before you've built it. But but uh, but 380 billion is a very long number. And I've been sitting with colleagues today trying to figure out, you know, how, what does that mean? So so here's one, the scale Hospital in Cape Town costs about 3 billion rand a year to run, which means that for, if you spent the money on Scale Hospital instead of building a nuclear power station, you could run for just 125 years. Wow. Um, so you could build um, 1.9, I don't know, there's too many noughts after that million houses. There's There's like there's just you know, if you start looking at what you can do with that money, but I also want to raise something that that because sometimes these big projects it just looks like it's big amounts of money, yes. But, but how does this? Happen, and what happens is what happened last year for example during COVID money which should have been given to people to electrify their houses was instead given to NEXA department which is the nuclear energy corporation the department was asked cut your budget so they cut electrification but kept the funding to NEXA so and NEXA got a billion rand so if, if if government felt that, okay, we can't, we're going to have to cut electrification of poor rural households, which is where it was aimed at, because we need that billion rand. Well, hello, there's a billion rand into the kitty for vaccines. Um, so, so already we see in small ways and big ways, we can start shifting money into the correct place. But right now, what we need to do is raise our... Voices up against this step.
0: Let's this talk step about here. that, Liz. And uh, the question, the immediate question, is what can people do? What can South Africans right. do when it comes to this push? Uh, you know, nuclear being pushed into back into our energy mix if we don't want it.
3: So, so, so the issue is that right now we have an opportunity which we didn't have last time because civil society stood up. To the government and use the courts to overturn the last deal and one of those aspects was that there has to be public consultation mm-hmm. so government learned and now there's a public consultation process and on the 5th of february the deadline is there for you anybody to write to the, the energy regulator and say why you think it's a bad idea. And if you want lots of reasons we have got i think it's about a 20 page submission which will—it's just going undergoing the last minute tweaks—and will be available. Um, and I—I I, I have to say, whether it's the Facebook site or whether it's a website, but but it will be available for people to access. And if you want to just endorse our submission, um, you are welcome. I think
0: yeah. Mm. So is that the e- is that the yes. easiest way to go along to arto.co.za? Look for the submission and then endorse it. Is that the simplest way of adding your voice, uh, uh, Wayne? Yeah, but
1: well,
3: read it first.
1: I think, I think Liz will also tell you, don't just read it and endorse it. Do that. But, but take extracts that resonate yeah. with you and make a submission. The more individual yeah. submissions, as opposed to these bulk submissions made by civil society, which is not the way to go, because your good input might be lost in, in uh, on the fifty, you know, two hundred and fifty-five of those. Do your do your submissions as well. The, the government can't ignore them.
3: And and the government is 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 has to not just take them, but them. And, and Stefani will give us like what that legally means. But basically, they can't ignore them. Um, so so you have to be heard, and that means they have to explain to you why if they didn't listen to you
0: why not well let's ask um, stefani let's let's find out from the advocate what does it mean when you make a submission if i make a submission stefani what does government have to do with that is it is there a legal component attached you're mute stefani, stefani. hello, hello. Call in stefani oh, there we go Okay. <laughs> having a fat chat I yes that's
2: the buzzword buzzwords for 2021 just been having a conversation with myself um it is um you know if you speak to any legal person they can either you know it's it, it, it's not always an easy answer but let me try and explain it this way public participation is a basic f- um, um, foundation for a lot of things that is supposed to happen in our democratic society and with our constitutional um, dispensation. So public participation is one of the most important things that should happen because how does government get feedback from you know, what South Africans want? So that is one way. Now, don't get me wrong, and I think everyone will agree that you know it's like um, your mom and dad. You don't always agree with mom and dad, and mom and dad needs to make the best decision for 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 all of us. And 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 we disagree. So not everyone will necessarily agree with um, with with what, what government is saying because government. Let's put corruption and everything aside. Government is supposed to be there to do what is in the best interest of all of us. Mm. And we need to trust government. But then we get to do, we trust government currently and the trust deficit. We talked about that. So that's not great at the moment, but let's spark that. So public participation is extremely important and government should listen. But now the question is, do that? And I don't think they always do because you do have the corrupt people that will push something in a direction because sure. it suits some kind of um, agenda. Um, but at the end of the day, if you are unhappy with the decision that government um, made, and you have grounds to prove that it's unreasonable, that that decision that they've made, surely there's a, there's a case to, uh, to be made. But then the question is, should we always run to court? Because government is making irrational decisions, no it shouldn't be court should be the exception to the rule and government should so what is the message? Government should listen to its people um, and that um, you know um, we do have a voice and we do have a right and 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 I think this is where never lose hope, never stop fighting corruption because if we if we sit down and stand still then um, it gives people the opportunity to run roughshod over process and over us. And that the more noise we make and, 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 and the more we stand up for the fact that you should listen to, to good advice, the better. So that's my, in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe
3: yeah. Just, just, just to add, uh, yes, Tom, yes. is that in this particular case, the last court case was won mm-hmm. because they failed to ask the public. Yep. So we now have an opportunity and they have to listen. But uh, and, and not only that, the energy regulator has its responsibility is to make sure that the electricity price is affordable into the future. So it has to think of current and future generations. And so when you look at something like this very thing, this, this big, big bill that will increase the electricity price and... Will not add anything to the electric system it's very clear so so we together with many other civil society organizations are are um encouraging all south africans all electricity consumers or if you don't have electricity because nexa got the money that was supposed to go to electrify your house um yeah get get on to Nursa and let them know why you think it's a bad idea
0: Got it. Thanks, Liz. Just a question really coming. You know. in, yeah, here's, here's an interesting comment that I saw coming from Michael Nickak. Michael said, "Why can't we issue green bonds?" And Michael went on to say, "Wayne, a trust account could be set up, uh, and we as taxpayers will have a say on service providers, cost, time, etc." Let's uh, and following that, Johan Iloff says, "Why not follow the rest of the world and invest 300 billion in renew- renewables?" Is, is that a is that a plan, Liz? Is that a worthwhile plan?
3: Well, you see, as with everything, it's where does the money come from and where does it go to, and um, so yes, we could we could do we could issue bonds and, but basically we should be investing in renewables because that also gives us more jobs, um, and that grows the economy. And if we can get the localization right, and remember that we did try this, we had wind uh, wind factories, wind turbine factories and solar panel factories that had to close because of a lack of demand. So by investing in renewable energy or opening the pipe so that other, you know, lots of people can invest in the industry. And then you start getting factories. We start producing it locally, which obviously brings the cost down. And suddenly, uh, but a whole economic growth sector.
0: Spin offs. Well, thank you, Liz. Liz McDade is out as yeah. parliamentary advisor and an expert on all things nuclear and energy. I see that um, Sharon Brin uh, put a message in saying, Don't forget to give feedback on Dudumieni. Now, uh, in my previous life as a talk show host, I would have a team of 10 people around me, and one person's job would be to say, don't forget this, Tom, but I don't have that here. So I'm thankful to Sharon Bryn for being my reminder. It was coming up anyway, but you're right, Sharon. Let's chat about Dudumieni for a second, shall we, with Head of Accountability at Arta Stefani Fick. What's the latest uh, on the Dudumieni matter, Stefani?
2: Well, let's let's. Uh, it's maybe a bit facetious, but but let's say just the following: that um, uh, poor Miss Mjini hasn't learned a lesson that that civil society um, sometimes is really on the on the right side of things, and that she's again, um, you know, trying to 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 say that we were wrong. We've now I think, you know, showed her twice that you know what what you did, you deserve to be declared a lingual director. But she does, doesn't give up hope. Um, maybe we should give her that. So at, uh, um, uh, we've received, um, um, you know, a petition. So when you want to appeal a judgment, you need to ask leave to appeal. Now, um, um, Judge Tolmay said, no, there was no ground. She's mm-hmm. not giving um, Ms. Miengi, um leave to appeal. So now she needs to petition the Supreme Court of Appeal. We've received a petition. So she's going to try and um, um, appeal the, the judgment at the Supreme Court of Appeal. Mm-hmm. Then, as you all know, we've um, um, we're granted a, a Section 18.3, which means that, uh, you know, miss me, yeah, yeah. The, the, the order um, um, stands. So uh, the order is not suspended while um, all this uh, appeal procedures is, is ongoing. But unfortunately, she does have an, an automatic right to appeal So Lo and behold, she's appealing that decision as well. So um um we waiting um basically feedback from the supreme court of appeal um um to hear. is she be, is she going to be granted um a petition which i doubt um and um you know whether um the, she will be successful in you know, appeal of the section agency if the I'm supreme really if uh, the
0: supreme uh, court of appeal says no how many legal steps has she got left
2: well she 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 can then um she's running out of options I, I mean one um one should think that you learn your lesson but apparently not so um but our our system does provide her the the, the opportunity to to petition if she i'm of the opinion and, and 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 that she needs to make out a case before she can go to the constitutional court now we were were told that you know she's willing to take this to the to the court constitutional court but you know you have to have a constitutional issue to take it to yeah. the constitutional court i don't think that she will be able to make out a case but right, okay got I it mean,
0: yeah all right got it well time will tell and you'll keep us updated Stefanie okay. Fick, why should we care about the perjury charges against the public protector advocate mkwabani is this serious
2: because yeah because firstly um as um, um i was asked this question previously now perjury Perjury, but uh, you know just perjury
0: give us a legal give us a legal lesson quickly what is perjury
2: so that's lying you either lied under oath in court proceedings or you 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 made a false statement under oath so perjury is let's uh, um, can i put it in, in in brackets because it's probably not um uh, totally legally correct, but it's someone lying under oath falsehoods okay. under um, okay. under oath but this is serious because we don't want anybody lying to a court. That's why, you know, there's court proceedings. Court is, is, is you know, you should be respectful. You should tell the truth when you when you go to court. But then let's add on top of that. Firstly, it's advocate. Makwe Barney. She's an advocate. As an advocate, you have a duty towards the court. You know, you have a duty towards your client, but you have a duty towards the court. You can never lie to court. It's a, it's a, it's professional misconduct to 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 lie to court so you uh, firstly the charge is um, very serious she's an advocate so uh, uh, the, the fact that she's an officer of the court makes it that more serious and then advocate marco barney is the head of a chapter nine institution she fulfills a very important role so that's point number three why this is so why this is extremely serious, and um that this is really this is a this is a game changer because no one wants an advocate lying under oath who is the head of a chapter nine institution
0: Why is she charged with perjury
2: it all boils um, i 'm going to try and and, 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 and and just quickly summarize we are all reminded of the case, the ap um APSA case where that ended up in the constitutional court. She brought out a report on um um you know whether you know, ABSA bank should pay back back um, money that they got in the in in in, in the apartheid years. Now uh, basically it goes down to her, her report was set aside for various reasons. But um the perjury relates to her various um versions she had um um relating to her meetings with the President, there was an allegation, and I think it was um, um, a, a part of the court, part of the court judgment that basically said that her versions were full of falsehoods um so we have a sort of a court also thinking that what 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 she said under oath was not exactly the truth um was all about when she met with the president, why she met with the president. She, she um, wasn't always truthful as to the fact that she did meet the president. So, yeah, actually very disappointing. Very, very, very disappointing from a person that is holding such an important
0: role. It, it looks like uh, the game is almost up for her. But uh, the question I've got is when does her term end? Does the term end before the game is up or does the game end before the term is up?
2: Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> that is a good question. The parliamentary process is taking a bit longer than I think anyone anticipated. But you know, but there is again there's there's hope. The the the, the committee that um, is supposed to give Parliament an, an an indication whether you know there is something to her, whether she is incompetent to be the public protector, should give um, a, a, this, the Speaker a report towards the end of February. And once they've given the Speaker this report, and it's before um, Parliament, then a few things come into play. Um, if Parliament is investigating the public protector, then the President can also suspend her. So, um, you know, I, am a, I'm a, I, I do believe in due process, and, and, and I think that if you are on the wrong end of a you would like due process to be be there, um, um, and uh, you know I, I think we can be proud of our uh, our system and, and 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 the fact that everything is based on on, on, the on the constitution. But sometimes the process just takes a little bit long. I think because of the importance of her office, I if I can criticize a little bit, I think Parliament, uh, this process should have been quicker. But then on the other hand, she took the speaker to, um, to court saying that the process and, 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 and whatever, you know, they can't remove it and all of that. That's all fluff. You know what? We are sitting with an incumbent of an office that has been land basted by not mm. one, mm. not two, various courts. And that I think it's serious enough for Parliament to take this extremely serious and, you know, put a, put a rush on it because it's important. Not because we are playing some kind of game, which I think gets lost a bit. But yeah.
0: Well, we know that you'll update us as we go along and as uh, as the matters make their way through the courts of South Africa, everybody's favorite advocate, Stefani Fick, will be on board on the Outer Hour. To bring you the latest news. Thank you, Stefani. Uh, so let's Please. say let's say thank you firstly to Stefani Fick, head of accountability at Outer. Thank you for joining us this evening, Stefani. I see lots of hearts for you. You can hit that heart button, smash it if you want to show your love for Stefani Fick. Thank you, Liz McDade. Good to have you on board tonight out of Cape Town. Thank you for joining us. You there, Liz? You there, Liz? I think Liz is there. Hold on. Let yeah, me yeah.
3: Trying to find the, the, the right button. We can hear um, you now. You.
0: you were on mute. <laughs> thank you, Liz, and have a good night. I think it's still daytime in Cape Town. Eh? Mm.
3: Yeah, no, no. We've, the, the sun's going down. We can see the summer's slowly slipping away, and we don't know whether we'll get to the beach before winter
0: comes. Well, as you look out of that window and stare at that big thermonuclear reactor in the sky, keep the faith for renewable energy, Liz McDade. CEO of Outer, Wayne Divinage, what's your uh, final message tonight for our Outer Hour viewers and Outer supporters, Wayne?
1: um, Look, uh, we have an amazing country, amazing diversity, uh, so much to fight for. We mustn't give up. We've got an amazing team uh, at Outer. We've got amazing supporters, and we've got a lot to fight for. So never give up hope. Thanks for all your support. And, Tom, to you, uh, another good show and to the comms team. Well done.
0: Thanks. Thank you, Wayne, and uh, strength to the Outer team over the next week. We'll catch you again next week at 7 p.m. on Wednesday evening. There they are. There are your team members on board and on screen this evening. A big goodbye from CEO of Outer, Wayne Divinage, Liz McDade Outer's parliamentary advisor and head of accountability, everybody's favorite advocate with a huge heart, a massive heart for a lawyer, Stefani Fick. Thank you for joining us this evening. The big thank you is reserved for you wherever you find yourself, inside or outside of the country, we've got people who watch from all over the world, and if you've watched live and participated with us, thank you. And to you, if you're watching post-live, if you're hitting the play button after the live broadcast, you're just as valuable to us as anybody else. So thank you for pressing that play button. Remember, you can still comment in the comment section down below. And if you haven't been, go to outer.coza to learn more about outer and how it fights for your rights when it comes to holding government to account. outer.c Z a there's a lot of information there if you haven't been there go and take a look you'll land up being mightily impressed so I mean you know we started the show I think it's almost two years ago now it must be must be going on into the second year uh, and every single night we wish each other well as South Africans do and say we hope you have a good week so from the entire outer team and myself please stay safe Uh, with an extra, extra exclamation mark on the end of it and the sentence in bold. Stay safe over the next week. Be responsible. We do hope that uh, you're able to scrounge a few rands and cents up over the next seven days and keep everything going. I think the name of the game for business and individuals now is survival. So we hope we find you next Wednesday healthy and happy and uh, some optimism left in the tank in what Wayne has described as a dire situation. It is dire. South Africans we are one of the toughest bunches of people in the world so stay tough I'm Tom London I'll be back with you again next Wednesday at 7 p.m. let's make it a date if it's your first time make it the second time if you're a regular come and take another seat at the table and join your outer family until then I miss you already our fight to eradicate corruption maladministration unethical leaders, and the abuse of taxpayers' money by those in power continues. It's fresh, it's fearless, and focused. The Outer Hour, where your
1: voice matters.